Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the third hour of Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate on a Metal Friday. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and you as we wrap up the week that was here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios in Las Vegas. You can hit us up on the phones at 702-365-9200. That's the Realty One Group listener line, as well as on the text line, 69187 from Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Uh, A lot to get into in this uh, final hour. We will go over some stuff that we heard from our guests, from uh, Jordan Schultz, as well as Pete Prisco. But we'll also talk a little bit more about the defense as a conversation from yesterday. And we'll read some uh, tweets from r and 920 AM. One comes in from Fabian. He says, no, it's not just a Metal Friday. It's a Champions Friday. <laughs> for the I've dubs. been waiting for this song all day. I've been waiting for it. Now I'm feeling the list. I went out to the town, went to the championship parade. Uh, something, man. I was there as a journalist. I remember so that. I, I had to keep it cool. Whenever I'm a fan of something, you'll know because you'll see me sitting on my hands. Yeah. I sit on my hands. I literally <laughs> do because there's times if I'm not sitting on them, I'm going to like start clapping and you don't want to clap. You're yeah. a journalist. Don't clap. When was the last time you attended a fight, like either boxing or MMA, where you were not a journalist? Can you remember that point? Because... <laughs> I would, I would like to see you in one of those realms because I've taken, you know, I've, I've sat with Dave Koken a couple times, long time, oh. you know, fight guy, and, and it's hard for him to even sit still when he's in the media. Yeah, you know? and there's certain people that you interview as well, like we were just talking about, that you get really drawn to, that you're like, man, what a good guy, and you really want to root for that person, you know, and then you're like, or root not, against somebody, I'm not, root, or that's yeah, happened yeah. too, you know, <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, mm. well, it was. Uh, I've been covering MMA for a really long time. Really, 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 really. It was probably 2003 that I actually got to go to a venue and just be a fan. Just be a fan? Yeah, it was okay, the last we're time. closing in on 20 years there. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I started covering it in 2005, 2006, around that era. And it was, uh, it was a different game then because it was such a new sport. And, and it, it was really funny. You got one-on-ones with everybody. And now, like, you know, I remember the first time there was a line to speak to Nate Diaz. I was like, wait, I can't just walk up to him? Like, <laughs> what the heck? What is this? What's this line about? <laughs> and then it became more and more every outlet had, you know, there was MMA this, MMA that, MMA junkie, MMA fighting, MMA this, Sure Dog. You know, all of them started coming around. And like, well, Sure Dog been there for a really long time. But, uh, you know, it, it was just like all of these other the size and then they started putting tables out at press conferences i was like whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> so this is headed someplace yeah yeah it was it was big time um i have a question about the warriors because uh, obviously your mind now goes to uh, celebration and mm-hmm. parade are they going to do anything that 
Because this is their first championship at Chase. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been wondering is the same. Like, are they going to go back to Oakland or are they going to have it in San Francisco? Could, they do, bo- they, Could they do both? Yeah. Could they just go to San Jose in a neutral site? Like, <laughs> yeah, know? neutral site. How, I don't know. I'm wondering how they can, you know, maybe maybe close the, one of the bridges and go across oh, like that. That, that would be death to the, uh, the funnel of the city. Wow. <laughs> Either whether you, you close it? the if bay you did it, like, bridge. like on a Saturday or, or something like that. Yeah, maybe, it would have to be if you're trying to be like, these are joint thing. No, I mean, like they do it for New York City marathons, right? So why not for a Warriors parade? Right, right. They've closed down people, the Brooklyn Bridge. I think people would understand, and just it would if they if they closed it for a few minutes, just getting them across wouldn't take that long. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they have it. There's a small place, Treasure Island. Yeah. Maybe they have it, Treasure Island. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they can incorporate, you know, Oakland uh, into it somehow, somewhere. Right? Maybe it starts there and ends up in San Fran um, or vice versa. That'd I guess, be but... pretty sick, Vinny. I like your thinking. I yeah. would love that because yeah. you could actually do something like that. That's not out of the realm of possibility, right? No. Then no. you have all the canoe people that can canoe uh, under the bridge while they're... Right. Maybe, maybe that's what they do. Maybe they take a boat. Maybe they do take a boat. Oh, yeah, They have a lot of those little boats, you know, that yeah. go um, through... Or if you want to do it like in San Francisco, maybe go full on like touristy and have it at Alcatraz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and have like special invites. Catalina wine mixer. Yeah. Yeah, let's, go, yeah. let's get a whole state involved. Catalina involved. wine mixer. I, I wanted to say it completely like the way they do in the movie, but I had to omit words. When you when you were at the uh, that first Warriors parade, it was, it was held in the Oakland Coliseum, and you were you were there for like a, a couple hours waiting for it oh, all to filter. <laughs> I, I, I think you were asleep. And Granny woke me uh, up at 3 a.m. to get out there because we weren't sure about credentials. All right. We had this thing issue with credentials in this uh, trip because it was spur of the moment <laughs> that we had decided to go there because we were there for um, training camp and, and Raider stuff and other stuff that was happening at that time. Uh, mini camp or something. I don't know. It was Raiders involved. And then we were Right, because they were still pro- doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, so- now I see the connection. Yeah. Right. And then Ed was like, we can do a great story. You know what this means to the city, what it'd be like, you know, with the Raiders and this and that. So we went through. Always and, thinking. Yeah. We went through and did it. And, What's the angle? Yeah. yeah. That was really funny, too. I had friends out there and we were around Lake Merritt and everyone's like, you know, where, where can we can we find you? It's like over here. And they're like, oh, we're not going in that. <laughs> you know, they we're over on another side. <laughs> you got abandoned and rejected. But it, but for <laughs> For the city of Oakland, uh, th- these kind of championships, they you can be really cherish them because not only do you see how dominant your team is and how influential it is to the rest of the league, and that everyone's got like a you know a bullseye on their back on this team. That you have to beat the Warriors in order to be the next big team. But for the city of Oakland, I, I think this is also a great moment that they deserve to have a parade there to go and at least support the fans that have been with them since the beginning. And also, you know, a fan base that is absolutely, uh, you know, starving for this kind of, uh, you know, championship era. They, they want to see their teams win and win in this kind of glory. Yeah. And uh, the Warriors are a, uh, a real example of how um, you can get things turned around as an organization, because we, we've talked about this. I, I used to make fun of Jared Goff, like, you know, oh, you're just a bandwagon Warrior fan because he had like an ode to the Warriors in his locker. And he's like, Vinny, you don't understand, man. I've been through some bleep, 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 bleep right. years yeah. uh, and stuck with them. So I'm I'm absolutely and I, I was kidding with him, obviously. And uh, I go, I know I'm just giving you you know what? Um, but there's so many fans that have that that have followed this team for so long um, and and now are enjoying these high moments. But 
the other day, my daughter and I were going through uh, team Twitter accounts, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, and, you know, Lakers have like, I think 10 million uh, followers on, on Twitter. They're one of the more popular teams. Sure. The Warriors are like, they're over 7 million Twitter followers. That, I think that might be the second most in the, in the NBA, be, um, even ahead of the Boston Celtics. It shows you. Th- if if Twitter was around in the early 2000s, they wouldn't have this kind of following because they were a bad team. You, you yeah, know, there was like a 17 win season in there, 16 yeah. win season. Steph in there. Curry, I, Steph Curry is also relatable. There's something about these this group of of, of warriors too that's extremely relatable and um, uh, it's easy to embrace. They're they're good people. Clay Thompson, um, you know, uh, uh, Steph, Steve Kerr, the head coach, even Draymond Green. Uh, as an agitator, you understand what his role is. But then when you talk to him afterwards and hear from him, you understand that he just he's playing his role on the court. Off the court, he's very smart, very intelligent, very also thoughtful and everything like that. So um, there's there's something to embrace there as well. And this team, this organization, has just exploded uh, over the years. Right. Yeah, we see from uh, the Chronicle that the Warriors will take to the San Francisco streets ah. on Monday morning for the championship parade. Fourth title in just eight years. Oh, um, well, the dream's over. Uh, <laughs> it is. There are a lot of logistics that we, you know, can't appreciate necessarily. And as as Heidi mentioned, it would be, especially if you're doing it on a Monday morning. Right. Um, you know, closing off a bridge. Uh, it's just, it's, it might be impossible. Basically, is what we're saying. But um, yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice uh, if they were able to incorporate. Maybe they will somehow, some way. Maybe you have a rally over there or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about teams that have struggled that ended up doing well, you know, just picking up from the San Francisco talks. You know, you've seen the 49ers do that with the losing season and then get into the Super Bowl the next year. And I don't think a lot of people expected that. And, you know, the Raiders are in a much better position in those terms coming from this year and going into this coming season with the 10 wins that they had uh, achieved. And I think that when you think even about the Bengals, as a franchise they had a lot of of down years in the past 10 years where a lot of people didn't expect them to just rise out of the depths immediately with jamar chase and joe burrow and that connection and now you have dc and and Devontae adams as a connection and i just think you know you start looking at some of the recent super bowl teams aside from the chiefs that haven't had great seasons but even right before andy reed came in they had a terrible year the 49ers were nothing before dwight clark and joe montana Mm -hmm. uh beat the cowboys uh in in that in that uh, playoff game that's you never know where it turns on a dime and all of a sudden who knows what would have happened had they lost that game and not gone to the super bowl and not won the super bowl because they weren't if you're if you're if you follow the nfl the 49ers were okay they were just kind of a team through the 70s for the most part. They weren't, I mean, it was the Raiders, it was the Steelers, it was, um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, it was mm-hmm. the, the Vikings would get to Super Bowls, but the 49ers weren't, I, I don't ever remember them being all that good, and all of a sudden it turned, right? And, <laughs> and she, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah. In the 50s, they, I, when they first yeah, came yeah. around, but I, that was a completely different era than what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, uh, but then the next thing you know, they're one of the you know premier organizations, and and uh, and and I think this, we talk about this all the time. The Raiders, I think, are closer than people think 
to turning that corner and not just for the present, but for the future, where they are, mm-hmm. the stadium that they have now, um, where they are financially because of the stadium and the certainty of their future, the decision makers that are in place. Uh, this has a chance to turn and turn in the right direction and stay in the right direction for a long time. Yeah. And then just to that, like, yes, the last year, I almost said yesterday, last year before the season started for mm-hmm. the Raiders, Clay and I, and you, you know, we were talking about it was just a, a little things that needed to be cleaned up. Right. Now you've seen those little things. You know, there are, like we talked about with um, Pete a little bit ago, some things that you're going to look at the linebacker play. Every team has that. Yeah. There's going to be the offensive line, how things get shifted out there. You're going to take a look at what's going on with that secondary with Rock Yassin and Trayvon Mullen. Are they going to really hold that down? You know, those are some of the question marks. But the little things I think that they just needed to do a little bit better just to get over that hump, they did them to get over that hump. So now you're just going to have to look at what what shakes out positionally and we'll, we'll find out is uh got some dates you know with Ju- uh, july 21st we're gonna be easy to get in there and, and find out more about the team and 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 learn just exactly how it, the the 53 man roster shapes out and we'll have like a complete like picture but in, in all of that time you know you have to go in and and think about like how they make that leap now to win a playoff game. It's not just how do they get there. 702-365-9200 is the number for the Realty One Group listener line. Heidi Fang, Vinny, Bonsignor, Clay Baker with you. And let's go out to the phones to the windswept mountain lair of Colorado with Papa Meach. Good morning to you, Papa. Hey, the windswept mountain lair is nothing but smiles, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I tell you, um, I was thinking about you, Heidi, last night as as we were wrapping it up, and I said in my phone call to you guys two days ago that I felt going to the game that if we could just stay close with them and and not have a blowout either way, and we went into that fourth quarter, that nerves would get to those guys and and we would take it. And uh, you know, once I think we set a a, a record in finals of getting uh, twenty one unanswered points there in the first half, so. It was just an amazing um, situation. I I have enjoyed every championship we've won, but this is a little bit a little bit special for me uh, because of what the team has gone through. And I see a parallel if you look at the Warriors and how they build a championship. Um, some some sports commentator, some writer, or whatever, uh, made the comments today about the checkbook warriors and all that crap. All that. Well, yeah, Joe Lakeup and is it Peter Goober? I, I forgot the other guy's name. I, I think that's it. But the owners of the Warriors pay a hefty tax to keep their players, and and they get, and you know people criticize them. Well, I thought it was brought out a few days ago that they sold I don't know a percentage of the team, five percent or something to get that money to do that and they're willing to go and go the extra mile and the three people they're trying to keep are the three people they drafted so it's not like they're poaching great players from other teams yeah they did with uh, durant and I'm, I'm not saying they didn't but this current team they wanted to keep the players they had and drafted originally and the big three and they did and so uh, of course i'm biased but i i, I saw nothing wrong with Lake up doing that and very similar parallels to the to the Raiders. You have the Davis family with Al and now his son Mark, always wanting to win and will do everything possible to put a winning team together. The Warriors have the same type of ownership, so do the Raiders. 
But the difference is that, you know, the Warriors have made it happen. And they made it happen by changing a very popular coach and bringing in Steve Kerr. And now for Steve, this is his ninth championship ring. He got five as a player and now four with the, with the Warriors. And they even made a comment that he made a, a, the a winning field goal in one of the uh, final games to win the finals, mm-hmm. and he played you know, with Michael Jordan. So you need the coach, and you need the coaching staff as, as part two. And I don't think we've had that. This is nothing against John Gruden and his staff. But now we have, I think, uh, a person who's learned from past experiences is a better coach, a better human being, a better communicator in Josh McDaniels. Now we've got the coach and the coaching staff. Now we've got the players uh, that are gelling, and we've made some great um, acquisitions. So we have the ownership who wants to win. We now have the coaching staff like the Warriors who really want to win bad. And um, I think we're setting ourselves up to to having a world championship just like the Warriors in Las Vegas either this year or next. And my last comment is when the Raiders win the Super Bowl this year or next year or the, in the third year, one of these three years, will they want to have a parade also in Oakland? No way. No way. No, no. It's all, it's all Vegas now. You've got to turn the page. This is where we are. And you can't close a bridge down anyway because of emergency vehicles and all that stuff. So a uh, good idea, very thoughtful idea. But when, when we get our Super Bowl here, we're going to celebrate it in Vegas, only Vegas. All right, Papa, we appreciate the call. That's true. Totally agreed. Happy yeah. Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day to you guys, too. Thank you very much. It just feels like it's so close. You know, San Francisco, Oakland. It feels They're the like, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, um, but they are in San Francisco now. But, you know, it's like, will the San Francisco 49ers have their parade in Santa Clara? I don't know. Will were the, the, were the Warriors? Will the Giants have their parade in New Jersey? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. Were I mean, the Warriors? I'm, I'm sorry. Were the Warriors? They were San Francisco's team, though, right? All those years, they they, yeah. they played yeah, in Oakland. Yeah. But we all know how close that is. That's not. It's it's it's. But it is a big difference when you live there. Have like you know, it's like saying uh, Trenton, New Jersey, and New York City. Yeah, it's like. But, <laughs> but, <the> worst, <laughs> not, yeah. but Oakland was their home from the yeah. 1971 to 2019, mm-hmm. and they made a distinction by calling them. They, I think at one point they were they were San Francisco. At one point they were Oakland, but then they incorporated the entire region. By calling themselves the Golden State Warriors, and that's that to me, they are the Bay Area's team, and yeah. and you know, uh, and and Oakland was such a prevalent part of that, uh, and it's right across you know uh, the bridge. I'm just wondering if there's something that they could do for both cities. Mm. Um, like I said, maybe a rally, maybe hold something over at the uh, Coliseum or something like that, and invite some people. But uh, but I get it, and I understand. Yeah, but he does make a good point. He does make a good point. Yeah, they did move into San Francisco. I get it. I don't know. I'd love to hear some of the Bay Area folks chime in. Yeah, we're starting to see that on the text line, 69187. We'll come back and read some of those as well. You're on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, uh, you know, 702-365-9200 is the Realty One Group listener line, and you can also tweet at us at r 920 AM. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, it's, it's probably your time, maybe, to buy or sell a home in the Realty One Group. Uh, wants to be the ones that are part of your story. Yeah, the housing market is hectic, but it's still a great time to buy or even sell the home of your dreams. Uh, Realty One Group wants to be part of your journey. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions. They know how to get it done for you. Uh, The Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas and has been their home for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives. They're also proud to give back to their community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're buying or selling, 
Call the Realty One Group at 888-461-0101. That's 888-461-0101. To Metal Friday on the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinnie Bonsignor. We've got tickets to give away in the next 10 minutes for three ice hockey. It takes place Saturday at the Orleans Arena. Six teams, six skaters, a goalie, and a Hall of Fame coach on each team. It's a bracket. It's going to be a wild, wild afternoon at the Orleans Arena this Saturday. For more information, go online, 3ice.com. Vinny Monsignor, Heidi, and Clay here with you on the Raider Nation Radio. Taking some of your texts from the Salmon Ash text line 69187 because you deserve what's right. Rob in Oakland says, after leaving to San Francisco, the Warriors organization has been kind in recognizing the fans in Oakland, but they're an SF team now, San Francisco team now. Raiders, Warriors, A's fans are sharing space with Weiner, Warriors, and Giants fans. It was a special mixture. But the sports landscape (laughs) in Oakland and the East Bay has changed dramatically. And over the last few years with the Raiders and Warriors leaving and the A's helping to push the Raiders out, Mm. the East Bay sports fan is going to disappear in a few years. And as the San Francisco influence spreads, I hate it. That's Rob in Oakland. Rob, I hear it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't. I mean, while the idea of the bridge is nice, it's. I grew up there. I understand the mm-hmm. dichotomy that is, you know, and you just can't mix the two generally. No, you can't. Uh, no, and it wasn't intended to. It's but, like uh, oil and vinegar, but it's wine and vinegar. <laughs> no sulfites. Get the good wine. Dame also uh, reminds us all the Frisco people were Laker fans. They came to the dubs when we started winning again. I was born in Frisco, but raised in Oakland. Yeah, there's always going to be that. Oh yeah, people want to be on the team that's winning, and uh, there, there, there are uh, there, there's funny like shades of of Laker fans that'll come out of the woodwork when they're winning, but when they're losing, it's it's nothing but despair. And like I just give up after the first couple of weeks of the regular season. And we've seen it for years in, in Vegas where people would we would have like big uh, you know Laker watch parties and stuff. But if they got off to a slow start, uh, it would be like oh, we, we abandon all hope. Look, Forget it. Look at the Knights. What yeah. happened to the fortress? Yeah, that's right. It's they, been really barren, I've heard. Because they, uh, they've never the fan base has not dealt with the bad times. It's just generally, you know, it's a thing that happens. There's ebbs and flows. You got to embrace the hard years. It might have been in. Um, that takes real true diehards. Toward the toward the end of the Lakers uh, run with uh, Kobe and Gasol and all that, right? So there was a player that uh, had played on one of those championship teams, Josh Powell. Uh, he goes to the Atlanta Hawks, and um, the Atlanta Hawks come to the Staples Center, and all the reporters like gotta go, gotta go over to see Josh and say hi, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the in the Hawks locker room. The Lakers are coming off a two game losing streak, right? And so we go over to talk to Josh, uh, and and we're talking, how's it going, blah blah blah, and then he's like, how's how's it going here? And uh, so one of the reporters said, well, you know, the Lakers are on a two game losing streak, and people are jumping off buildings yeah. and wanting to fire the coach and want to trade the entire roster. Laker Nation is up in arms. And so there was another Atlanta Hawk player who was sitting next to Josh, and he's listening to our conversation. He's like, man, I wish our fans would care that much. Like, we, 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 we lose six straight, and our fans are like, hey, good try. Good, good way to good, – good try. You know, and, and, and with the Lakers, and the Warriors are now like this, you lose two games in a row, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, it's, it's people are ready to trade everybody, and they, there's a, a big care. Like, I, I'll tell you this right now, Clay, in Los Angeles, maybe here in Vegas, but – Laker fans do not quit. <laughs> they mm-hmm. stay persistent, and they are living and dying right now. They obviously they died. I, I was thinking about LeBron last night, though. I think that he, him looking at 
the Warriors getting one more and um, and Steph getting one more. Uh, I think that you're going to see a rejuvenated um, uh, LeBron next year, and it's really not so much him. It's just getting some healthy players a- around him. And uh, I wouldn't rule out the Lakers if they can get healthy. If Anthony Davis can stay on the court, I would love to see a Warriors-Lakers Western Conference Final uh, with both mm. teams healthy because mm. I think it would be a heck ah, would be of a, a battle. battle right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. The um, one thing I do want to say is like when it's been a long time since I lived in the Bay Area. I'll say that, but when I grew up there and I lived in San Jose, I knew a lot of people in both parts because going to school and all out there and um where i went to college and everything and my brother went to usf and i was at santa clara my sister is at stanford so we're all over the you know bay at that time and then i was uh, ended up working at kntv which started in san jose and then went to san francisco but when i was there and with uh, nbc3 when i worked with both of them like we did a lot of stuff in the community with the warriors and i'll tell you what i didn't care what you know, I respect the, you know, fans chiming in and stuff. When I went out to events, there were fans from oh, yeah. all over. And so there were that those were dark times right there for the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> those were dark times. And, you know, there was always hopes like Antoine Jameson or, you know, like <laughs> um, the Hardaways of the world and things like that that came in. And, you know, Baron Davis, was, there was hopes. But, um, you know, obviously it can get over humps. But, um Still, you know the the good eras of the Mullins and the and the Manute Bowls that were with the team. You know those stuck with people and it resonated. And, and there were still it may not be what it is now no. because sure you pick up some bandwagon fans, but there were a lot of people that would come out to those events in the late '90s, early 2000s that I was like, hey, look at look at this, this was, you know. And they're from all walks of yeah, life and all cities. It was always fun uh, going up to the Bay Area to watch the Lakers play. Uh, the Warriors and and it, it was just a great atmosphere. There was a there's a lot of love uh, for 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 the NBA. By the way, going back to Pete Prisco, uh, I've been looking this up. He was talking about the the linebackers, the size. Oh yeah, I'm telling you right he, now. He thought they were small. We had people. Divine Diablo thought- is 6'3", 225. He's not a small man. So there's one linebacker there that profiles as kind of a a much bigger. Everyone else is around six six one. Um, you know, obviously Denzel Perryman. I don't think he's six foot uh, at all. But, but around the league, you're seeing the you're smaller not, guys. Smaller guys, don't you? You have to. You, you mm-hmm. see more agile, mobile guys that are able to faster. Yeah, faster. Yeah. And like uh, you don't see the your normal standard linebacker that you would have had uh, like even five years ago. Yeah, and that's what that's what makes Divine so unique. Um, is that he is a, a linebacker um, body and a kind of a safety mentality with the way he could defend the pass. And that's what he really, we talked about this yesterday, he really needs to improve that part of his game. And you figure mm-hmm. he will because he does have the safety background. But you're right, having to run and chase running backs and sometimes wide receivers and, and tight ends um, in, in pass coverage, you can't just be the big thumping, downhill running, uh, run-stopping middle linebacker anymore. That's, that doesn't work. Here's something from the text line, 69187, uh, from the 707 on the Salmon Ash text line. In regards to Indama Kinsu, I hear a lot of callers calling in about it. You must remember, Sue has only played in a 3-4 base once in his career right. in the Rams in 2019. He isn't a nose tackle. His best position, where he's had success, is a 3 technique and a 4-3. I know most NFL defenses have played in sub-packages, but a lot of 3-4s run a 3-3 nickel, 
So he wouldn't fit yeah. that necessarily either. The Rams went to the Super Bowl uh, when Sue was there, but but you're 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 right, uh, and I think that there there is uh, a little bit of that and and, and money as well. Uh, at least I've been told that Sue um, isn't a, a possibility. I haven't checked uh, in a few weeks, but I, I don't think that that um, is coming. I, I think a lot of things would have to happen, including probably Sue. Um, taking mm-hmm. far less money than he thinks, you know, uh, he he deserves, and he's one of those guys with the way he's taking care of his money. He doesn't have to do this if it's not worth it to him. And um, I know we all, relatively speaking, can look at two million dollars, three million dollars, and say, "Wow, that's a lot of money," and it is. But um, for people like that, uh, you're talking about: Do I want to put my body through what it takes? Do I want to make that commitment and show up to practice every single day at a number that isn't reasonable to me? Mm. When you get to that stature, and God bless him for being in that stature, he doesn't have to come and play for money. He does. He has the money. It's going to have to be the right money for a guy like that. It is, and it's got to be the right situation. You yes. got to be chasing something that's going forward. Uh, but, Same thing with Treader, like we were talking about well, earlier. Yeah, yeah. The money, the OTAs, things like that. It's you know these guys are <laughs> true pros, veterans. Yeah, it's different when you're a rookie or a guy that's trying to make your money, um, you know, you want to, uh, you, you obviously have to be out there, but for guys like that, eh, dude. I, I think it's, I think it, we'll find out in like three weeks where people are at because they want to get back on the field, but they just didn't want to deal with the certain tediousy or tendencies and, and tediousness of the OTAs. But All Day Raider A is texted in 917 area code. I like All Day Raider A. He says, go get that D team. We haven't had an above-average defense in a long time, and this team has won 10 games with a makeshift O-line and some part defense. Imagine what we could do with this team and the leadership with a good defense. All day Raider A. Nicely thought there. It's It hasn't been above average as far as like total defense. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen it. You know, last year was like the one where you, you climbed out of the bottom of the uh, out of the 20s to, get a, to end the year, but still, you won 10 games with uh, kind of like a an average defense, and that's being nice, and a makeshift O-line. Yeah, and when you're talking about the defensive line, um, you're looking at Bilal Nichols, Jonathan um, uh, Hankins, and then uh, they list Max Crosby here on this depth chart, but he's a defensive end. So th- those are your three defensive uh, linemen, uh, Bilal Nichols, Jonathan Hankins, Max Crosby, uh, with uh, obviously Chandler Jones as the outside uh, linebacker. Um, when you move that around, um, you know, now you're dipping into the uh, Vernon Butlers, the Clee Farrells. We saw Clee Farrell uh, out there maybe playing some defensive tackle. Malcolm Kuntz coming in. So, you know, I, 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 if you're looking at those three as your starters, Bilal Nichols, Jonathan Hankins, and, and Max Crosby, it's not, it's not a bad group. All right. I think this team has a lot of potential and defense. So I do still keep thinking about those two guys that are going to be, you know, your outside guys like uh, Trayvon and Rakusin, just mm-hmm. because, like, you know, I, I don't think yet Trayvon has been proven. I think that there's been a lot of injury concerns there. And I want to see what happens with the other guys that have come in um, from the secondary, like Harmon and Averett, where they fit into this picture. I'm very curious to get a better look. <laughs> I'm going to bring some... The, the hard part about what I do is when I have the camera and I'm looking out through the lens, like I see everything through the lens, right. literally. Which is good sometimes because I am able to see that far out into the field with that extended lens that I have. But at the same time, like sometimes when you use all of your eyes, like your peripheral and everything, you can see more of what's happening and how it's going down. And um, it's just so 
they're so far away right yeah. now. It's a, you know, it's a shame that we can't watch a little bit more what they might be working on and what they might be. And I, I don't need to hear what they're talking about. I just want to see, again, a grasp and maybe what kind of drills that they're doing to maybe work together and how the camaraderie might look between those guys in the secondary. We can't see much of the secondary, the linebackers or the defense uh, defensive line right now. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a lot of offense closer to us. Right. So it, it's been hard to really get a grasp. But um Looking forward to seeing, even if it's just, you know, a preseason game, the Hall of Fame game coming up in, you know, about a month and a half or so here, Vinny. Crazy. Yeah, we're going to get a chance to, even though it might not be starters or anybody, we're going to get a chance to look at what is going to be called on the field, how they're lining up, what they're going to do with some of these, who's really standing out in in depth-wise on this team and who isn't. And that, and that will give us a much better picture of what's going on. Yeah, uh, and speaking about Canton, I know I've been teasing this a little bit, but uh, talking to Mark Davis yesterday, um, if if you're Raider Nation and you're teetering on whether or not to get out to Canton uh, for not only just the Hall of Fame game, but for um, you know uh, uh, Branch, Cliff Branch, and and his induction, I'm telling you, man, there's big plans that the Raiders are they're going to take over uh, Canton, Ohio. It's going to be a, a beautiful thing to see. So if you are a Raider fan and you are thinking about whether to make that trip, uh, I would highly recommend it. Such overdue nod for Cliff Branch. So, so, so overdue. Yeah. Oh, the Canton, Ohio, and the NFL, they realize over the, especially last year, how Raider Nation travels. And I think that they really em- want to embrace that more. And they want to find uh, really like this happy medium where they could say, you know, we're sorry this didn't happen sooner. Yeah. But we're going to make sure that this is a party and Cliff Branch is honored in great fashion. Speaking of Cliff, uh, Mark told me a story yesterday about, he, you know, we were talking about the shooting in Las Vegas uh, five years ago, I guess mm-hmm. it was. Well, that um, also, One October. it yeah. was it was a, a few, just a few weeks before or shortly before that, there were the big, I think the Santa Rosa fires mm-hmm. uh, up, up oh, in the Bay yeah. Area yes. and yeah. um, huge fires and Cliff lost his house. And oh, the only yeah. thing that he retrieved from that house, Mark told me, was his his uh, Super Bowl championship ring. Uh, uh, okay, so so uh, amid that devastation, when that shooting happened here in Las Vegas, Cliff came out here to Las Vegas to help, uh, to lend a hand. And 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 Mark, you know, uh, was pretty emotional when he was talking about it yesterday. Imagine going through the devastation that he, that Cliff went through, and then dropping everything in the middle of that turmoil, losing his house, losing everything, basically, and then coming out to Las Vegas to help people here. Uh, it tells you a lot about who Cliff Branch was as a person. Yeah, tremendous. Just tremendous person, tremendous ambassador for this team. Um, everybody that I have had the opportunity to speak to that was part of this team in those years just couldn't believe that it has taken so long for the Hall of Fame to recognize him and unfortunately that it's a posthumous, you know, recognition. Right. So uh, those things that come to mind when you, you think about legacy for somebody or what they did to help build a team or even, you know, inspire other young people that came up after him. You know, it, it's just all of those things combined. It's just the legacy he left behind. It, it still resonates. Yeah. So uh, get out to Canton, Ohio, if you can, because uh, that life and that legacy and that football career 
uh, of Cliff Branch uh, is going to be celebrated in a way only the Raiders know how to uh, celebrate. And so it's going to be a uh, a silver and black weekend without question uh, out in Canton uh, in what, like a month and a half? Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've gone past like the 50-day mark. Now <laughs> it's like, right. a, you know, it's closing in really, really quickly and the time is beginning to stretch into that moment. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll give you a chance to get a hold of this $150 dining card from Fogo Day Shown. Try and discover what new foods you can't get anywhere else. What's next at Fogo Day Shown? You can get your reservations at Fogo.com. A winner gets a Father's Day feast, $150 dining card. Be caller number nine at 702-365-9200. You're on Raider Nation Radio. By the way, uh, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope, uh, and far too many of us are in that predicament. I hate to even talk about it, but that is the case. Uh, well, there's answers out there for all of us, and the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Please give their office a call uh, today or book an appointment online uh, to find out how they can get you on track to living as pain-free a life as possible. Their number is 702 702- 257-7246. We owe it to ourselves uh, to take advantage of everything that's out there nowadays to help us live as pain-free a life as possible. 702-257-7246. Metal face, Clay. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's the weekend! <laughs> yeah, Olaf like metal. Oh, it's so good. Thank you, Olaf. Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker with you. As we wrap up this third hour of Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate, uh, tell you what, the the overall uh, moment for the next couple weeks is getting uh, uh, taking a look at, you know, not only where the Raiders are at and maybe dissecting a little further on the defense next week, but we also want to get some other uh, uh, writers in from other teams, especially divisional opponents. And on Monday, we'll have uh, Matt Derrick from uh, from the Chiefs. Uh, he, he's a great writer, and uh, he's somebody that goes down to the camps and really starting to take a look at how the chaos that happened in the offseason and what it's starting to, you know, turn into now as he's seeing, like, 17 guys trying to compete to be the next Tyreek Hill. We'll get Matt Derrick on uh, next Monday here on not to mention Tyreek Hill throwing a little couple daggers uh, over at the Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Wasn't used correctly. <laughs> and it's he always said, after the yeah. fact. And uh, what do you think of Tua's a little, a little more accurate than uh, Patrick? And they, oh, they they're asking Patrick that, and Patrick Mahomes goes, uh, I, I could see he's trying to get his podcast off to a good start. With yeah. comments like that, right? And, may, and maybe we're taking out of context, like some people took the uh, Devonte Adams, Aaron Donald, or Aaron Rodgers, uh, mm-hmm. Derek Hart comments out of context. But it sure seems like they were pretty pointed. And one of it, was his agent, I think, came out and uh, had a, had a few things uh, to say. And Patrick Mahomes was like, "What?" Kind of surprised to me uh, that there were <laughs> right. complaints. But uh, I, you, you hate to see, you know, they had a lot of success. They won a Super Bowl. Terry Kill became a household name uh, in Kansas City a lot of because of who he is uh, but also because of that system and that quarterback and for him to be taking pot shots after the fact I don't think it's a good look. Well, I think pot shots was his thing even pre-NFL. Oh. Exactly. I mean, you put yourself in a corner when you put all this pressure on Tua to be accurate because uh, that's one thing it's accuracy and arm strength. Is he able to get that far? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyree Kill for me is one of those people that as much as I want to like say, wow, what a great career. You know, there's been so <laughs> sure. much of the off the field issues that mm-hmm. it just like, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he comes after people when it's over because, you know, maybe he didn't like something the way it went or it didn't go his way. I don't know. But, you know, he's getting paid right now, so he should have no room to complain. 
Yeah, and uh, but you know if you're if you're a Raider fan, you love uh, to see the Chiefs going through a little something. You know, even if it's uh, something peripheral like that, like a former player uh, taking some pot shots. But uh, I just it's hard for me to believe that the Chiefs are going to be able to replace what they had in Tyreek Hill. Uh, it's going to have to be it's going to have to look completely different because Tyreek Hill was just a force of nature, and yeah. you can't find guys like that. Guys have been trying to find the next Tyreek Hill since Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill showed up, and guess what? Nobody, there hasn't been another Tyreek Hill uh, since he's showed up. So that tells you how hard it is to find guys like that. And just to keep my mind on it with the football aspect of things with him, like every defender you hear before they face him says things like he's just a track star. And then you get out there and you see the, the speed that he has and the ability that he has to get open and just make the plays that he does happen and, and turn them in. It's just Pretty remarkable what he does on the field. Not the Raiders' problem anymore, except for maybe if they play the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs. Mm. Well, we're out of time for today. It'll be interesting to see what that scrimmage is like when that comes down uh, later on in this offseason uh, between the Raiders and the Fish. All right. Uh, I want to wish everybody out there a very happy Father's Day to you, Vinny, as well. Thank you very much. You yes, too. gentlemen. Happy Father's Day Appreciate to the, both the youths, the hey, two youths. The two youths. <laughs> and to you and your fungibility, Heidi. Have a great weekend. We uh, wish you all the very best. We'll see you back on Monday. Rich Eisen is next, followed by JT the Brick, Q Myers, and a full day of Raider Nation Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.